world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. Shadows is one of my favorites. He's one of the only, like, YouTubers that I've been watching consistently for 10 years. It's him, Lindsay Ellis, and Yahtzee Croshaw. <laughs> I, I dropped off of Yahtzee Cross. I don't even care anymore. Like, I turn it on just for the noise, and I don't, I don't even pay attention to his reviews anymore. I haven't watched that in a long time, but, it, the, like, the ones that I've seen are really funny, so... Oh gosh! And he liked he liked Portal. He didn't have anything bad to say about Portal, so you know. Yeah, that review is over twelve years old. Jeez, what review? The 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 review for Portal that was Orange Box. Oh Holy crap! That Portal. was I was in college. We're talking yeah. two thousand six, two thousand seven. Oh man, I was in high yeah. school. Yet another reminder that Aldo is younger than us. <laughs> Let's not sucks. get into an existential crisis about our ages. I'm tired of feeling old. Let's try to recapture our childhood by reading some after-school special PSA comics. Welcome to the Superhuman <laughs> Registration Podcast. We well, found some weird stuff on the Marvel Unlimited app, and we're excited to talk about it today. Uh, I'm Steven. I've got John and Aldo. Hey, guys. You surviving? Yes, Ivan. Let's not talk about it, Steven. It's... I'm, I'm running late today because I did, like, trying to exercise, trying to stay in shape here, and I wound up doing, like, this, ex- I know, I did this exercise video that was like, okay, time to do push-ups, and I'm like, we're three minutes in, why are we doing, okay, fine, and then we did push-ups, like, ten more times throughout the video, and my arms were just like, no, Steven, you make me sick, you make me sick, people who are already in shape who talk about, oh, I really have to stay in shape. Uh, meanwhile, I'm over here, like, eating carbs like I'm a bear going into hibernation because COVID can't, like, get me if I have enough Doritos. And you're like, oh, no, I want to be, like, uh, super thin as opposed to, like, regular thin. Like, w- this is America, man. If you can see your toes, then you are an Olympian, all right? So don't stress about it. Don't let a video to tell you to do sit-ups. You just, you know, have a salad and, and keep at it because you're doing great. Hey, That's Aldo. all I wanted to say. Aldo? Yeah? It sounds like John needs a visit from the Habit Heroes. <laughs> you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will end you. <laughs> well, while you contemplate exactly how you're going to end me, Aldo, why don't you walk us through Iron Man and the Habit Heroes? Oh, I'm going to kick uh, you present- into a Sarlacc pit. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Uh, Anthem Blue Cross presents Iron Man and the Habit Heroes is a uh, <laughs> the closest thing a comic has to being an after school like an an actual after school special. Uh from two thousand, they say it's from two thousand and thirteen. I don't know that that matters. Um, <laughs> I mean, it kind of does. It matters, yeah. It matters because you know Iron Man became real hype after two thousand and eight, which is also the year I graduated. God, the Marvel Universe has been around since like graduate 12 years oh my gosh anyways (laughs) um what was i saying oh yeah it's a comic with these kids called the habit heroes and they uh they are heroes whose abilities are based off of really healthy habits 
like there's Agent Dynamo, whose power source is activity, and his special attack is the Acta Beam. <laughs> and you also have like a fruit and vegetable based hero. There's also a a hydration based hero, and they are uh, they are diverse. They are young and. In some universe, they are hip and cool. But it sure as hell isn't this one. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so the premise here is there is... Oh, also, before I before I continue, uh, this, is, <laughs> this is written by Christos Gage, uh, art by Ty Templeton, and coloring by Guru EFX. Have we, we've read Christos Gage before, haven't we? I got to check our list because I yes. know the name. I believe we have. And most of the comics I've read have, have been because of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a, so they've, <laughs> so it starts out with them kind of not reminiscing, but like remembering like their own, I guess, uh, Sinister three. And they have like villains that, <laughs> that like sap your energy that, give you the wrong type of water and like give you the wrong foods. Like they steal healthy food from you and they, they make you drink soda pop. Anyways, they've teamed up and they have some sort of device, but they need the help of a hacker. Cause you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how healthy you are. If you're stupid. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they need the help from Iron Man. And Iron Man is just, he just can't figure out why why his suit is at full power, but boy, he, he doesn't feel like it. And uh, the happy heroes. They, they have to health explain to him that he shouldn't be eating chips while he does his robot building. Makes me so mad. He's freaking Tony Stark. <laughs> he is freaking Tony Stark, the worst character at Marvel Comics. It also makes me a little, a little. I get it because this is this is a, uh, a pretty much a glorified brochure for for children. But it still makes me sad that there is not a single bottle of, of alcohol in those shots. Because let's be real, <laughs> if he's lethargic, it's not because he's drinking soda pop and non name brand salty chips. You think he didn't take a swig out of that soda and then pour a little rum in the top? Like you don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know for sure, so... Yeah, it's probably off-frame. <laughs> Just a stack of empty well, bottles. Today I learned I'm a, I'm the villain in these books here, <laughs> these, these pages. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so Iron Man, uh, he's, he's, he's kind of just not in the best shape, so these kids help him out. Uh, one of them gives him his snacks. The, the one that cracks me up. I don't know why. It's, if It's like... It's kind of like when you meet, like somebody who does CrossFit or like an atheist and all they have, they, they always just tout the thing that they do as like the best thing ever. And that's what the girl reminds me of because every time they're like, you got to do exercise. Yeah. You got to eat healthy. Yeah. She's like, and water, it's the purest form of power. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So they, they help him. He, he gets good and they go and there's, there's a nice little shot in here. Where you they they do Kirby crackles and like I was like that's neat. <laughs> they do Kirby crackles. That is true. Yeah, yeah, they did Kirby crackles. I was and like, a, oh, that's a genuine villain. Bwahaha. So yeah, so they they solve this. They close the portal, 
they get people feeling healthy again. And and they have a catchphrase, which is now is the hour to build our power. Sounds like they're starting a cult, right? <laughs> a little bit. It's a healthy yeah, cult. Now is though. the hour to build our power. Oh, Baphomet, come and <laughs> devour. Oh, gosh. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, Satan. It's me, Johnny. <laughs> These kids are so nerdy. It makes me wonder. Like, it re- makes me reconsider my stance on bullying. And, and <laughs> <laughs> last time it was child murder. Now it's bullying. I guess that counts as improvement. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you know Aldo? How do you know? Um, how do you find the cross-training vegan atheist in a in a gym? How, John? They'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think there's another one that's like, that's like if somebody does CrossFit and they're a vegan, which one do they tell you about first? Yeah. No, it's the Anyways, one where it's right. like the guy rushes up to the air, the airplane counter. He's like, hey, hey, sir, are you okay? You're going to be late for your flight? No, I just wanted to, wanted to tell you I'm vegan. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> My version of that joke is I come up and I go, "Hey, do you do you have any do you have any Kit Kat wrappers?" Yeah, why? <laughs> Cuz sometimes there's Kit Kats in them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you you described these three like generous quote superheroes as each of them having kind of their own power. One of them is fruit and vegetable based. One of them is water based. It's the same power, which is to point their fingers and have a colored light come out of it. That is ostensibly an energy beam that only hurts hunger. Yeah. It's right? a uh, very planete- planeteer esque. Yeah. It's like a bootleg underpowered captain planet hero. It is like lamer than the planeteers, right? Much like, lamer, much lamer. Cause they controlled like actual avatar powers. Yeah. Could have gone mad and used like lava on everyone. These guys are like, hey, broccoli, <laughs> nerds. Um, but here's the thing: <laughs> I I didn't hate this book. Uh huh. It's like, charming. Did you read it. It kind of was charming. You know That's what the, the most charming thing about it was. It didn't shy away from the fact that Iron Man sucks and is the worst. <laughs> Oh, I'm he regretting. Like, I'm regretting suggesting an Iron Man book for next time. Yeah, Iron Man's a piece of crap, but he eats like two, like one too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like all throughout this book, you get things like, oh, there's that bit where Iron Man is like broadcasting to everybody. It's on page twelve. He's he's like broadcasting to everybody. It's like I know what you're thinking. Iron Man's too brilliant and handsome to get trapped by the hazards. Eat. But Stark. <laughs> <laughs> but only after you finish your veggies. <laughs> oh, gosh. He is just the worst. And this comic is totally... It's like somebody's trying to write him with the narcissistic charm that Robert Downey Jr. had, but doesn't know what charm is. And so it just winds up with... <laughs> complete jerk like this is the guy in the romantic comedy who the girl is dating at the beginning 
but she leaves him at the altar because she finally realizes what a dork he is and goes off to be with the male protagonist, right? No, she leaves She leaves him for the dork. Haven't you watched a romantic comedy? You're married. You've watched romantic comedies. We don't watch TV very much together anymore. Mm. Wow, that sounds like I'm admitting marital problems or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it means things are going well that you don't just default to like, oh, I want to watch TV because... I mean, yeah, your wife sounds like in. me in uh, Disney Plus. Like that's all I all I do is watch Disney Plus in Spanish. Now. There's so much on there. There's a lot on. You gonna shell out thirty dollars for Mulan? Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look like a schmuck. It would, be, it would be dishonorable. Although I don't know what you look like. This is an audio podcast. <laughs> oh, that's true. And quarantine, man. I'm very handsome. Like, you know. Very handsome. I I'm too handsome and brilliant to be trapped by uh, by the hazards. <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny his handsomeness and its <laughs> ability to protect him from I have, uh, I have long things. flowing locks of hair now I just, <laughs> just want to point that out my hair is the longest it's been in like 20 years it's beautiful, it's gorgeous can, can, I, can I tell you my other favorite part of this comic it's it's page 7, first panel the the the, the Habit heroes are going around trying to help people, and there's a guy with a mustard yellow shirt that just has oh, yeah. meh on it. <laughs> Holy crap, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're not the villain, John. You're a victim. Yeah, seriously. Well, I'm not I'm not the good guy. You know what? With the right diet and a little bit of activity, anyone can be the good guy. Oh my gosh, you could not be more you could not be more square if you fill in the uh, the uh, analogy in post. Okay, oh. <laughs> so so the one of the things I like because it's so low effort is that when they go to Robert Downey, not Robert Downey, uh, Tony Stark's <laughs> apartment penthouse, whatever. It's not very clear. Um, it's but his he lab. Has, it says it he, on the page. Stark uh, Tower, no, Tony Stark's lab. Okay. You know, I have a little banner. I can't see it. No, banner's a different character. This is Stark, not Banner. Oh, my goodness. There's <laughs> the green guy. Anyways, you he know. has, like, just a bunch of, like, they don't even try to come up with fake brands. They just have, like, nondescript. Well, they're, they're descriptive names on his food. He has, like, sugar snack with exclamation points. He has salty chip. <laughs> he has several bags of salty chips. Yeah. I can't see the name on the soda. I don't think it's given a name. It looks like they've just put a Saturn pattern pattern on there, and they're calling it good. Um, a, that looks like a fish. That looks like that bottle of bit. soda has like a goldfish cracker on it. He also has what I'm assuming is grape juice. It's a little, uh, little box drink. of juice. It's probably it's whatever, a purple drink. Purple drink. Whatever was rejected <laughs> before the kid grabs Sunny D. <laughs> um. Here's what's really what's really confusing. Why would he be going for like not even not even like store brand stuff? They at least call them marshmallow mateys instead of lucky charms. This is like below RC cola level crap. <laughs> what, is that how he affords all of his robots and stuff? Is that he's you know he's skimming? I mean, you gotta um, you, you gotta. I mean, you don't make money if you spend money, John. Yeah, there's like Spider Man's chewing on Doritos. <laughs> he's like, this is why you're broke, Peter. You gotta buy salty chips. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta get salty chips that's where it's at bro 
Have you tried sugar snack? It's like, no, you psycho. I'm having a hostess donut. Ooh, big spender. I like sugar cakes. It's like what an alien would like trying to blend in and be like, I eat sugar snack. Of course you do. Crab tar. I also really like that we get like a flashback to him like jamming a screwdriver into a computer for some reason and it's like i used to eat real healthy and now i don't anymore i think that's a public domain playstation based on the white controller with the knobs (laughs) that's a terrible controller i want to point out that is yeah that's not great not at all it's like bigger than his arm your palms would cover (laughs) the buttons that's stupid maybe i'm looking at it upside down nope it's just stupid i'm just gonna call it stupid the other really dumb thing in this book, I mean, there's a lot of really dumb things in this book, but <laughs> the the other dumb thing that I, that stands out to me, there you go, that's that's the way I'll put it, that stands out to me, is that he talks about, this is at the end, this is on what page is this, 14, but he talks about, he's like, I have a power indicator for my suit, but now I have one for me, and then it's like a face of him chewing on the apple, and his oh, like gosh. his power meter is like full now. He's like, oh no no no. Giving kids unrealistic expectations about Granny Smith apples. I don't want to. I don't want to bag on Ty Templeton because I've seen his name before. I don't think he's a bad artist. Not at all. But have you like the, we were just talking about Baby Stark dismantling his PS2? The very next panel on page nine. All of these habit heroes, they're teenagers. They are all bigger than Stark in that panel. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark looks like the one stage hand kid who knew how to grow a beard. He just, <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? No, it's, uh, it, you can tell, because like, I recognize these names and it's like, this is, they were doing a job. I wonder when I, when you see good actors or really famous actors in really dumb movies or commercials or whatever, it's like, are they just like, you know, making a car payment or like buying a pool and like, this is just, this is their thing they do for money. And then the next movie is going to be one that they do to like, you know, be an actor or something the, I think the art is better than the material, than the material deserves. Like the premise, you know, that they went for and, and it's just, it's so nerdy guys. Like these guys <laughs> suck. Oh my gosh. I've read Ty Templeton. Okay. No, Ty Templeton does the art for the Batman Adventures comics. Those are the comics that are based on the Batman animated series. Okay. Nice. So, like, Ty Templeton draws like Bruce Timm. Not here he doesn't. Not here he doesn't. Templeton's good, though. No, he's not bad. Ty Templeton is very good. Yeah. Yeah. This is not a good show. I'm not dogging on this. I'm not about the guy because I just dogged on, you know, trench coat reject Tony Stark. I just so so here's the thing. I'm not dogging on this because like the qual like because the the quality of the artists and writer and people involved. I'm dogging on this simply because it's a paid over glorified like sponsorship brochure from Anthem yeah. Blue Cross. Uh, <laughs> it's like what what you're trying to do is good. It's noble. This is something that kids should do. All people should do. Yes, of course. But you're like doing it in, hey, we're going to go out and like, we're going to finish our chores and eat our vegetables. Make sure to drink water and make sure that you get on your bike every now and again, fatty. Oh, hi, <laughs> Iron Man's here too. Oh, gosh. 2013, were skateboards cool? 
Well, I mean, have they ever stopped I never, being cool? I never, so I'm the wrong person to ask, because the closest I got to a skateboard was, like, playing my friend's Tony Hawk. And they're bringing it back, guys. I, I Well, I don't think skateboarding was ever not cool. Did it stop I being mean, cool? I don't know. It's just every time I see, like, a kid on a skateboard in a piece of media, I don't think that's cool. I think, oh, I remember that Simpsons episode with Poochie the dog. That's exactly what, thank you. Oh my gosh. Yes, skateboards used in any other context is an attempt from whoever is making the, th- it's like, okay, boomer, that's what a skateboard looks like. I just, I also just want to point out that none of these kids are wearing safety equipment. <laughs> and have, that's really out of character. They have powers that can blast energy. Yeah, that's, I'm just saying, that's a, that's a bad example for the people who would actually absorb anything from this. And then you see some kid trying to do a kickflip off like his parents' roof without a helmet or pads, and he's like, "I'm a habit hero," and then just biffs it. <laughs> they jumped out of a helicopter. Pa- Did they kickflip off they the helicopter? Out of a helicopter. Yeah, out, right off the bottom. <laughs> You're worried about knee pads for when they go skateboard. They jumped out of a helicopter. Although, yes, good hydration protects you from road rash. That's just science. <laughs> Oh, I, uh, I'm the fool here. <laughs> you're boo-boo the fool. Just it thins the blood so as you're bleeding and not all of the good blood gets out. It's half water. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, we've already talked about this book longer than I expected us to, by the way. Um, oh, wait, hold on. I do have one more thing to say. Yeah. At the end of the comic and after the, some of the promo things, I did spot the differences. This is page... <laughs> They put little games in there, too. This is oh, page gosh. 19. Um, there's one grill mark missing on this chicken, because surely it's not like a roll, it's chicken. Uh, there's a carrot missing from the uh, bro- broccoli, peas, and carrots. There's a tomato missing from the salad. And there's a knife missing uh, from the fork and knife. So there you go. Oh, I was, a fool. I was a fool for counting the blueberries. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I was sitting there trying to do the word scramble at the beginning because word puzzles are a trap that I cannot escape. <laughs> oh, good to know. My favorite is number six. Is a wetter? What could that possibly be? <laughs> uh, but here's the thing, though. So, like, I can't fully bring myself to hate this book because, like, everything we said, yes, it's hokey. Yes, it's definitely some old man in a corporate suit trying to, you know... What are the kids like nowadays? Exactly. But I had some of these books when I was a kid. And I, if I can track down what it was called, I am pretty sure that I had a book that was like Storm, Power Man, and the Power Pack teach kids not to do drugs. And you better believe that if I ever find that, we're reading it on the podcast. Um, No! Sorry, that was future me who just, (laughs) from the episode where we do read it. And this is... This is maybe my my uh, getting way too real about this book that definitely doesn't deserve it. But healthcare, I work in healthcare, and me too. A lot of the best, a lot of the best way to save the healthcare system money and to make it affordable is to not get sick in the first place. Mm. And so this strikes me as a fairly cost-effective and ultimately pretty harmless way of actually encouraging people to try to do good. Now, it probably doesn't work, but if I had this book as I was a kid, like when I was a kid, I'd have read it more than once. I can't guarantee that I'd have read it more than twice, but I would have read it more than once. 
So, like, I, I can't bring myself to fully hate on it. Am I going to recommend it to anybody? Of course not. Are you kidding me? There are good books out there. But, like, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I don't think this is, we had our fun with it, and that's not nothing, you know? The world is a terrible place, and we got some good laughs. So, thank you, Ty and Christos. Thank you very much. Wow, you're on a first name basis with them. Jeez, yeah, that's pretty complex. It, it's presumptive. <laughs> I know, but. No, right. this is one. This is one I could read to my daughter and like you know try to trick her because she's starting to get picky. Yeah. Boys will eat anything, but uh, she's like you know crusts got to be cut off of sandwiches and that that seems. If wrong. you want to be like Tony Stark, chips. Eat, <laughs> eat healthy chips. and take apart your PlayStation. Yep. But it has to be a store brand PlayStation with the buttons oh. under the on the where you where your palms go. <laughs> Should we move on? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, does anybody have anything Jeez. else that they really want to say? I yeah, okay. So I mean, why don't the habit heroes ever come back? Where are they when Thanos attacks? It's because the wrecking crew <laughs> gave them swirlies. That's where they are. <laughs> That's how low they are. Is the wrecking crew was able to get to them. <laughs> they don't beat anybody. They're the ones who like get beat. Hey, the Wrecking Crew was in the Secret War. I know. And th- what happened to them? Did they win? I mean, they were there. Did anybody really win though? Apart from the Doom, readers, for all of the, like twenty-four hours. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so Ms. Marvel, the twenty fifteen series, issue number thirteen. What is this? Volume like six, seven of Ms. Marvel? I don't know. I didn't look that up. I don't up. know. There's, there's a lot of them. I've been busy. <laughs> so anyway, this is uh, Ms. Marvel, written by G. Willow Wilson, art by Mirka Andolfo, with colors by Ian Herring, and VCs Joe Caramagna as the letterer. Do you know what that what that means, VCs? I, I think I, that's I, the name of the company. I don't actually know, but that's, that's what I've always assumed. This is a, kind of a one-off story. It picks up after some pretty... Uh, significant developments in Ms. Marvel's personal life. We know from having read No Normal that she had the, a really good friend slash potential love interest in Bruno. Mars? She wound up tell- no, his name's not Bruno Mars. It's, it's, it's a Greek name. I don't remember his last name. Anyway, um, Kamala wound up telling Bruno that she didn't have time for a romance. Bruno went off and got another girlfriend. Her name is Mike. Then... At the end of Civil War II, Bruno gets hurt and he just pieces out of Jersey entirely, leaving both Kamala and Mike a little heartbroken. But they don't really have time to dwell on their heartbreak because some shenanigans are up. Kamala's new brother-in-law shows up at her school one day. She finds out that their zone has been redistricted, and you know that means that there are evil shenanigans afoot. So Kamala goes to visit the mayor... And the mayor tells her that nothing is wrong out loud with the words that come out of his mouth, but then he writes the word help on a piece of paper, which cues Kamala in to know that something else is going on. So Kamala teams up with Mike to do some research, and they find out that the most sinister thing of all is going on. Their community is getting gerrymandered. (gasps) Those those darn jerrys. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you're not... Oh, goodness. There's, there's a... <laughs> Jerry equals German equals Nazi equals Hydra thing in there. But it's too tortured for me to really get into. I was just saying... I was, that was a Rick and Morty reference. Oh. Jerry Smith. He, he sucks, yeah. you see. 
Ah, you know who else sucks? Chuck Worthy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, the hipster yeah. Hydra kid. That's all the I know. I've never. Kid. Yeah, he's running for he's running for mayor, and he's gerrymandering the the uh, districts so that he can win. But Kamala and Mike reason that they can overcome this if they can get enough people out to vote. And so Kamala goes out and she's like knocking on doors, trying to raise support for her favorite third party candidate and debunks a whole bunch of common counter arguments against voting. And then, of course, they wind up getting in a big old fist fight with the agents of Hydra led by Chuck Worthy and Dr. Faustus. They win the day, they get out to the polls, and they vote, and the Libertarian candidate actually wins. Oh, they Wait, the Libertarian candidate? I don't know. I don't she, think, she's a green. <laughs> she's a librarian, not a Libertarian. <laughs> Come on, Stephen. There are two different things. One of them actually reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, li- Libertarians are the CrossFit people of, po- of politics. <laughs> <laughs> what was that joke it's like the the vegan crossfit atheist libertarian now right yeah oh gosh <laughs> so anyway uh, yeah this i remember reading this book uh because i was a very faithful reader of ms marvel up until uh was it this issue yeah, no, no, I, I went, mm. I think, through the next volume where she actually fights a living Memorpaga, and uh, that was that was where I dropped off. And I remember reading this and thinking, you know, this actually isn't that bad. Coming back to it, it's like, no, this is pretty after-school special. It's yeah. not the worst, and I think it's better than the other one, because there's still a lot of like fairly decent character work that's going on. Like, Kamala and Mike are both kind of grieving over this lost friendship slash relationship and like that's kind of nice but it is kind of a preachy book right it is yeah it is kind of like i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you all about voting because i just learned about it and it's like well some people maybe this is good like a good introduction to voting but i don't know how how do you strike the right tone i I think that what what it's trying to do is good and in the end, it's not bad, but it is kind of, it is preachy. Yeah. I mean, it's like not any worse than, than like Eminem's Mosh song and music video. Is that the one where he's like just telling Trump voters to F off? No, no, that's the Bush one. That's when he was trying to, oh. to tell people not to vote for Bush for a second term. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot really he well. did that. Okay. Yeah. It's it, and it, it's like that in the sense. Well, they, I mean, this book doesn't swear anywhere near as much as Eminem does, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's similar in the sense that this is not out of character. This is clearly a team or a person who feels this is important enough to to kind of preach about. And when we're looking at the context of this book, it's a 2015 book, issue 13, 2016. Right. What election is coming up and how, like, I mean, it's kind of, in a sense, it's kind of important the fact that we have a a minority comic book character who is popular with a young audience, like, doing this. And it's, it's I mean, this doesn't feel like, like, come on, we got to get people to vote. This feels very like, guys, this is really important. And mm-hmm. there's... You know, we could have just our our regular superstar 
middle-aged white rich superhero say something tony stark but let's have a character who's actually you know a little bit more relevant to the situation and i'm not i'm not gonna get real political on the podcast but i just want to point out that the context of when this book came out and the character and what election was coming out this feels calculated but passionate absolutely 100 percent. i mean i'll get a little political i don't care Page 11, you've got Kamala in panel panel three. Kamala says, so I've got to convince people to choose between an incumbent nobody likes and a fringe candidate working for a secret society of evildoers? Uh Uh-huh. Welcome to democracy. Seriously, this isn't even really all that subtle. Um, I talk about this podcast a lot, and I hope I don't talk about it a lot on our podcast, but I might. Slate puts out a podcast called Slow Burn. And Slow Burn deals with major historical events and tries to approach them from the perspective of what they looked like if you were actually living through them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Season one was all about the Nixon impeachment. Season two was all about the Clinton impeachment. Season three was all about the Tupac Biggie murders. (laughs) What a twist. What a twist. (laughs) What a left turn. Season four, which just wrapped up and I just finished listening to was about the governor race in Louisiana where David Duke almost won. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you can see all of these parallels between like the way politics have worked and the way they continue to work and how people who have genuinely reprehensible views wind up getting into power or getting really close to power. And so again, like I do think that the fact that this issue takes place in the run-up to the 2016 election, and it is about a brown, you know, Pakistani Muslim American woman uh, written by a Muslim American woman. Like, this is channeling genuine fear about what could happen if the wrong candidate wins, while also demonstrating an optimism for the process that at least in 2016, was not rewarded. Yeah, this came out November 30th, 2016. Oh, whoops, too late. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to make a little joke earlier at the beginning of this, where I was going to say that for, for a lot of books that we read about, like, you know, world decimating events, secret wars, and Man of Spiders, uh... This is the this is the most unrealistic book I've read from Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my suspension um, my suspension of belief here is very very low. <laughs> I uh was reading this book and I'm like is this a West Wing episode? What's going on? And then they yeah, actually no cited the West Wing. And I'm like, "Oh, hey." Yeah. No, you know what? Like the 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 part where she like bends her whole body and shape shifts and fights villains and you know people with uh, superpowers that I can get behind. The fact where he she rationally explains things and changes minds so far fetched. No, so far fetched. No yeah, it's so far fetched. <sighs> yeah. Also, also the part where I I kind of like the part where. Or she's like, I'm just gonna go punch him, and her friends like, this isn't, this isn't a thing we can solve by punching. And I'm like, mm, 2020 Portland would beg to differ. Wouldn't hurt to try. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! 
You know, can I can I just uh, say something about Kamala Khan real fast? Yeah, of course. That's feel, why we're here. I feel there's something. Well, I mean, it's like not directly related to this book. It's a little. It's a little related to this book in the sense that this is like a very calc. Like like I mentioned, it's a very calculated yet passionate thing because of the status of the character and their popularity. It feels like Kamala Khan hasn't quite reached like main stage popularity with Marvel fans quite yet. She's getting there. And I think it's so interesting that like they're trying really hard to kind of get past that kind of glass ceiling because like she's the main character in like the new Square Enix Avengers game that's coming out. She was in she was in that Ultimate Alliance game that came out. And you know, they're I think they've kind of talked a little bit about trying to get her set up for like phase four of the movies or five. And like, yeah, Miles Morales like was super quickly like accepted. And like it feels like they just don't do much with him anymore. I mean, Spider-Man. He's got yeah, I mean, he was in the best Spider-Man movie. He was the star of the best Spider-Man movie. That is um, the best Spider-Man movie, isn't it? There is an ongoing Miles Morales series, uh, and has been pretty consistently. Yeah, but I mean, so has Kamala Khan. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, okay, so I don't know enough about this to really comment on it, but where are the most comic book sales actually happening anymore? It's in graphic novels and trade paperbacks, and specifically, the best-selling comics nowadays are manga and quote-unquote kids comics. So the problem that I'm running, that I like, I don't know how well Kamala Khan sells in floppy issues. Like I don't know how well that sells. I think it sells pretty well because uh, she's still ongoing. So yeah, she's still ongoing, and that doesn't happen with new characters anymore. No. Um, I mean, yeah, Miles Morales is is a bit of an exception in that in that sense, right? Right. There's and, a, and, a, and Gwen, uh, Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen. Yeah, yeah. There's an argument that I've heard made that like every ten years, somebody tries to recreate Spider Man. Over the past yeah. like two decades, Marvel has just been doing it by making different Spiders Men, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but um. <laughs> Spiders people. Spiders people. Sorry. Um, yes. Let's be let's be inclusive here because you know Gwen's in there. But anyway, like you go to Barnes and Noble and you go to the kids comic section, which I actually love going through that and browsing because there is some really interesting stuff that's coming out in kids comics in like kids graphic novels, not just uh-huh. like Dog Man, but there's some really cool stuff there. Are they still publishing Clifford? <laughs> yeah, they're still publishing Clifford. Don't worry. Nice. But Marvel has like trade paperback collections of Miles Morales, of Kamala Khan, of like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur that you can buy them in like comic book formats, kind of like they were, uh, you know, in the same section that you would find the Babysitters Club graphic novels and, and Dogman. Like, I don't know how well those are selling because those numbers aren't readily apparent, but they're out there and yeah. Marvel wouldn't keep putting them out if they weren't losing, if they were losing money on it, right? Right. You would think, yeah, yeah. You would, you would think, like in some areas, I think you could argue, like floppy comics don't make a whole lot of money anymore. That's more like, I've heard it argued that those are now more of a proving ground for ideas for films and other media properties. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that holds true necessarily with 
bookstores as well. The stuff that you would buy, not at the comic book shop, but at Barnes & Noble. Yeah. I'd Those be interested to read more on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right, exactly. You know, I might actually ask uh, my friend who, well, call him my friend, I don't know, but we never have dinner together. <laughs> but I might, I might ask the, the owner of the, of the nerd store. See if he can provide yeah. any insight on this. He's a he's yeah, a resource. I'm curious. Same because I I want I really want Kamala Khan, and you know, uh, Spider Gwen and Miles Morales, Moon Girl and Devil Dad. I want these characters to succeed because they feel genuine in the same way that like Spider Man and at Wolverine and all these other characters kind of feel genuine. They, they really do feel like, you know, a product of the time of a certain sense of, like, optimism or whatever. And that's kind of what these characters, you know, feel like. They're diverse. They're young. They seem mm-hmm. to, at least to me, from my old man perspective, they seem to be popular. That You know, like we just said, like, they're still, they, still, they have their ongoing series and, and such. And I would just be really, really kind of curious as to, like... How how successful are they? Am I just being optimistic and hoping that they are being really successful, or uh, yeah. or what? Because I mean, we had we had that Spider Man meets Barack Obama comic book when when he won like the was it his first in his first term? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd be curious if like after Trump, <laughs> we'll have Kamala Khan meets you know whoever. It'd be a little well, uncomfortable. Ghost Rider takes him straight to hell. <laughs> Nobody, nobody is as enthusiastic about Biden. Yeah, I was going to say Kamala Khan meets Biden. That'd be real awkward. Yeah. The only way it would work is if Kamala Khan met Joe Jorgensen on the the (laughs) off chance that she won. And I can guarantee Kamala wouldn't like her. No. Can I, can I just say though, actually, I would absolutely love a book that's Kamala Khan meets Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, actually, yes. (laughs) I would love that. I'm not even 100% sure what I think of her as a politician. I know that as a person, yeah. though, I kind of respect her, and I think she would fit right in. Yeah. That would be terrible, but I would absolutely read it. Also, can I can I just say, I just had this thought. Uh, Tony Stark seems absolutely likely to uh, guest star on the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, no. You, you, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And I kind of hate that realization I just had. <laughs> and now I'm just going through like the Marvel roster trying to figure out who would be on that podcast? <laughs> I, I think we need to... Oh, you know who would be on that podcast? <laughs> who? Thanos. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about Kamala Khan? What? Oh, great. <laughs> I, I love uh, the art in this book. Oh, I love yes. The art. Thank you. Thank you. It's Mirka and really, Dolfo. Yeah, impeccable art. Just wonderful. Oh, it's so cute. It's a really it's good so facial cute. expressions. Page six, Kamala's riding on top of the bus, and the bus driver leans his head out the window and says... Here you go. And she jumps off and she's just got this, like, I hate to say it. I'm going to say it. Kawaii expression. It's so cute. Yeah. I was actually going to, I was going to mention page 11 because page 11 has uh, like at least what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven different expressions on it. And like every panel has a different expression on it. And it's like really well done. This is, this is such a little thing. Page 10, when they're looking at Mike's computer, the computer screen has got hair on it and cra- it, like oh. it's a little bit cracked. And yeah, it's like, it does. that's such a good little detail. I love it so much. Yeah. I just thought it was really clean line work throughout. Yeah. I love, I love the Ms. colors. Marvel looks great. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I've never... I don't think I've, I've known enough about Ian Herring's work. Like, I don't think I've seen him elsewhere. But it's just like, this is such a cute book. It's... I, I love it a lot. Yeah. His Marvel has gotten consistently good artists and mm-hmm. colorists. Just... But they all do... They all do just, like, different variations on cute. Yeah. And I love it so much. So, so one of the things I like about the coloring here is it has, like, a texture to it. And yeah. and it's really subtle, but it really helps with like the lighting. So like on page twelve, which yeah, which is like that big picture of Kamala Khan with the flag and people saying like liberty and justice. Like yeah, if you, there are two big pictures of her like that. But anyway, oh, the one on twelve. The one on twelve, yeah. If you look at like her dress, like like under the lightning bolt to like the right. Yep. They have like the cell shading, right? Like they have the dark. And it's a very clear delineation between the dark and where the light is hitting. But if you look at the texture in that area, it's also kind of like informing the shade of blue to like the work to like the lights. Yep. And it's it's really subtle coloring work, but I I dig it because it's using that texture to its advantage. It's very effective. Uh, I agree. Take a look at page twenty. Yes, John. Yeah. What do you guys recognize that at all? Oh, hey, there's the other picture of Kamala Khan with the American flag. Right, but specifically the pose, does that look familiar? Possibly from art history. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Delacroix. Lady Liberty Leading the People by um, Delacroix. Oh, Oh, dang it. Holy crap, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. You're you're 100% right. That didn't occur to me, but nope, that's it. It's It's, it's a little, like, unfortunate, I guess, that this book wasn't part of, like, a bigger event where it wasn't really like advertised and it kind of feels like an after school special. Cause a lot of the imagery here is working really hard. Yeah. Like yeah. it, like this book, I'm not going to say it's firing on all cylinders because at least for me, the after school kind of preachiness af- aspect of it, uh, it's not, it's a bit of a turnoff, even though like I agree with a lot of what the book says, I still don't like having <laughs> that stuff like preached to me, I guess. But I, but I wish this book had made a bigger impact or had been a a more notable issue, I guess. Like I like I and maybe it was, and maybe I just didn't see it back in twenty six November of twenty sixteen. I was too we were, busy weeping and wailing and gnashing my teeth. Yeah, time. same. <laughs> yeah, I think comics were kind of the last thing on my mind at that at that point in time. <laughs> you know what's bad when I was like during the election I was like why am I so upset I'm a white male who speaks Russian this is like <laughs> this is right at my this head. is my time to shine <laughs> yeah and and every day it's like the office space every day has been worse than the day before yep I yeah I was I think subconsciously I recognized that and then looking at that pose I was like that's kind of a that pose is very familiar and very like specific. Like, why is she? Oh yeah, right. So, art history. I'm glad I took it. Uh, Seriously, uh, seventeen oh, years. That's ago. a good catch. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I think we we've kind of missed our opportunity with the with the Joe Rogan transition, but it's definitely time to start talking about Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> the Thanos annual. <laughs> I, I, boy, I was really excited to read the Thanos annual, uh, Thanos annual from 2018. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. Steven, a guy, guy goes to the doctor's office. 
And he says, Doctor, I'm super sick. And he's like, well, I have some special pills for you. Here you go. He gives him some suppositories. And he comes back a week later, and he's like, Doctor, those pills weren't worth a crap. And for all the good they did me, I might as well have just shoved them up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's uh, annual. Uh, annual. Come on, John. I because I had seen previously the selection "What to Get from the Man Who Takes Everything" uh, by Chris Hastings. Uh, Chris Hastings is the genius behind Doctor McNinja. I am a, f- a huge fan and loved that bit. And I thought it was its own comic, and I, I'd only ever seen one selection. It was just this one story within the whole annual. And this is narrated by uh, Ghost Rider, who's talking about, um, he says, I can still feel him. I can still see all the horrible things he did crawling over me like bugs on my skin. Thanos, I mean. See, he used to make me give him the old penance stare every single morning. Used to love bathing in all the crummy things he'd done. He actually made me think of a joke he used to tell. And he goes, yeah. Um he's just chilling and you find out he's talking later you'd find out spoiler alert he's talking to odin um and then it leads into you know a a, uh it's a frank castle ghost rider as it turns out but uh that's something i don't know anything about so i'm going to talk about uh uh all these stories where thanos is the worst so in titan's greatest dad we see thanos uh training gamora and um putting her in these death matches and getting her tougher and tougher and tougher. And what I'm not sure is if it's just clones of Gamora and like the strongest Gamora survives. Because one Gamora says, Thanos, stop this mercy. You're not here for mercy. Finish it. And uh, gets beheaded. And then the masked fighter pulls off their head. And it's another Gamora. He says, may it be done now? No, another. And she has to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Was that clear to you guys if that was like... Oh, oh it looks it's like a scroll. It is a scroll. I just noticed the head scroll. Yeah, turned yeah. back to yeah. Okay, it's it's pretty subtle, and it doesn't help that Gamora is also green skinned. Okay, Stephen, are you well, saying all the green people look alike? I'm just saying, like, if you don't really see that chin, <laughs> that scroll chin, that Thanos. Oh, dang it! You guys got me. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't see that really like pronounced scroll chin that Thanos also has. Uh, then, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah, the purple outfit in the ears, just, yeah, on page 7, cleared that up, so. Terrible father, making his making his daughter slaughter people till she's the best uh, and most feared assassin in the galaxy, I guess. Then we move on to, uh, what do you give from the man who takes everything? Um, and we learn about David. Turns out Thanos would show up every year on David's birthday and do something terrible. When he was a baby, he just took the blanket off of him and made him cry. When he was five, he, um, looks like he killed his father by crushing his, like, throwing his car up in the air and, and, uh, uh, crushing it on the ground, and that's awful. He, um, said something, texted something terrible to his girlfriend when he was 16 and, uh, got his girlfriend to dump him. Um... He killed everyone at a party when he was 21. He uh, burned down his grad school. <laughs> 27 years old. Happy birthday, David. You got me fired? No, bad luck. Then your cat is dead. So that's terrible. <laughs> uh, 30 years old, he gets a reprieve because Thanos was taken down by the Avengers. 
And then 31, he thinks that he's okay, and he's all cheery, and he's singing the Beatles' happy birthday song. But then Thanos joins in out in the yard barbecuing, snaps his fingers, and uh, ruins everything all around his house. It's just a big void, and he's on a little island of, of his yard and everything. Well, he gets to 45, and everything is in his life is just wrecked. And he's like... And he's like, I, I have to keep going, hanging on. And despite everything you've done to me, the people I love, I wake up every day. And Thanos is just like looking around his room, tapping on the ceiling. He's like, no, David, I don't care. Punches a hole in the ceiling and floods the whole apartment. See you next year. He's the worst. Thanos is the worst. I, I also love, like real quick, I also love that like Thanos walks into the room and he's like, happy birthday. Ugh, I'm not to work with anymore, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the next story, My Little Thanos, he's trying to... Oh, I'm sorry, Exhibition is the next one. He's trying to show off for Lady Death, and the style actually looks just like Infinity Gauntlet. It's it's just Death. Lady Death is a different character. Oh, forgive me. It is Death, who he personifies a as a lady. Death looks like a lady. Death looks like a lady. So he destroys several beautiful civilizations um, that have great art and poetry just to make a fireworks display um, to impress death. And it's a terrible thing. Um, My Little Thanos is the next one done in the style of My Little Pony. Oh my gosh. He's just... The art in this one is just great. Okay, so the artist on this one, since you brought it up, Katie Cook, did My Little Pony comics. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Well, all these cutesy little things, we're the adorals. Bunnies and And they're things. wonderful. And he said, puny creatures, I am Thanos. I am a god amongst you. Oh boy, a new god. Hooray. And they're cutesy, wonderful things. And he says, uh, bring me the heart of the universe. I'll go get it. Hooray. And then they... Um, they uh, kill each other for his amusement. And the new God, this is my brother. He says, and he has an impaled little bunny on a big candy cane. And he's, oh, gosh. he's Thanos is just kind of like, Oh, this isn't fun for me when you guys are down with this. And so he, um, yeah, takes off. Let's never speak of this again. And they're like, Oh, new God left. What now? Oh, we can have a funeral. Yay. Mass grave. It's like hugging. Oh, that so, line. Oh my gosh, that terrible. Like killed me. Like, and not in a good way necessarily. Oh yeah. my gosh. So, so, and that's and that's the worst. Like, uh, like everything is just like, man, Thanos is the worst. This, the last one, might be the worst. The time that Thanos helped an old lady across. Oh my gosh, that was. He's in public, and it's like, oh my gosh, what is going on? This is terrible. Uh, everyone sees like, oh, it's Thanos, but he just helps an old lady across the street. Doesn't do anything. He's just being nice, but because Thanos had access to the time gem, he knew um, that Stephanie Kircher, the woman on this bus, because he helped an old lady across the street, it changed things, and she didn't meet a lady named Suzanne, and they never... Uh, bumped into anybody, and then uh, she changed. He changed the course of this lady Stephanie's life. Instead of curing cancer and diseases and changing the whole world, she just sat in mediocrity and and you know knew she was meant for bigger things and didn't do anything. And then right before she died of old age, Thanos showed what her life should have been that he uh, stole from her, and then she died. Uh, 
That's the worst. Oh, this one. Okay, I guess he does kill a god, and um, he, <laughs> he makes an entire civilization like lose their afterlife and all hope. That's pretty terrible too. But the old lady, what the heck, man? It's just <laughs> awful. So, yes, <laughs> uh, it turns out um, Frank Castle Ghost Rider is about to be welcomed to Valhalla, and then that gets continued in Cosmic Ghost Rider. But I know. I don't know. I think we've talked about who's the best Marvel villain, and it's you know Thanos Doom. I think Thanos takes the cake on this one. Uh, this was a delightful read because um, you just—it's good to have a villain that you just love to hate, and that there's no redeeming qualities. Like he's just a bad, bad dude, and like it's—it's it's comical how bad he is. And uh, out of all these, they're all great. I—I I still. Am drawn to the one where he just tortures this poor guy David every year on his birthday. All the uh, cosmic powers that he has, the things he's seen, the things that he can do with his natural abilities, um, and he takes the time every year to just be a complete tool bag to this guy for no reason <laughs> except to be a tool bag. So that's all. What did you guys think? Philosophically, I have to disagree with you a little bit. I like Thanos to have a little bit of. Uh, Humanity is the wrong word, but I can't think of a better one. Um, I think the movies did a lot to say, nope, Thanos is a monster now. But we talked about this very first episode. One of my favorite Thanos moments is when he loses the Infinity Gauntlet and then goes off to be a farmer, which mm -hmm. worked in the Infinity Gauntlet comic in a way that it doesn't really work in the Infinity War series because he does that after winning, which is not the same thing as, you know, retiring and contemplating on your life after losing. Right. That said, this was actually a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed reading this. Uh, some of the stories I liked a little bit better than others. None of them were duds, though, I didn't yeah. think. I, I think, yeah. actually, I think the only one that to me was a bit of a dud was the first one with the okay, Gamora I thing. I I might give you that. Yeah. It's not that it's bad. It just feels... Eh. I mean, it's just like a fight scene. Well, especially when you compare it to like the rest of the stories. The yeah. other stories, like, sure, like, yeah, they're goofy. Well, not the last one, right? The last one's not goofy. So, actually, I think that last one's a better comparison because they're both kind of serious. They're both very much about what Thanos does. But it the, the second one, or, like, the last one feels unique and creative, while this one just feels like, let's ease people into Thanos from the comics because their chances are the you know the only Thanos they know is from the movies so let's start off with something real familiar and it's yeah. that he's a piece of crap to his daughter yeah that's fair yeah. i think yes steven on paper like you, uh, uh, the best villain is one that has some humanity or Titanity. I, he's from Titan, so he's not human. So you got to change the word. No. Yes, of course, of course. I just like that they really turned up the just, just like evil bad guy lever yeah. Yeah. Uh, dial, and just like this guy sucks. It is funny how much he sucks. And they got so. some real talent to tell these stories too. Yeah. Like Chris Hastings, Kieran Gillen, Katie yeah. Cook. Uh, I love Katie Cook. Ryan North. Al Ewing, even, like, okay, Fraser Irving's in this. I Again, I didn't hate Fraser Irving's art. I like I, I thought it suited the story that he was telling really well. And I don't think I give Irving enough credit for how expressive he makes his characters. 
Like you mm-hmm. never doubt what they're thinking. I just happened to flip to page 26, which is where Thanos is grinning. And then you turn the page and you see him decapitating the God, but that grin at the bottom of the page, it's, ugly and it's malicious and it's so well done it might be the best thing i've ever seen fraser irving do with i thought it matched well with the story yeah 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 i think i tend to watch or consume more i don't know edgier content than you guys i think that's regularly yeah yep that my little thanos story that disturbed me actually like quite a bit um i was i was laughing but seeing like the little bunny marshmallow people like willingly and happily like massacre each other was I was that took me that took me for a loop. Yeah. That's only four don't, pages. Don't uh, watch Happy Tree Friends. Oh, I do. I, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding. When that one little bunny person says, yay, mass grave, it's like hugging. I, oh. uh, maybe it's because I just recently watched Life is Beautiful for the first time. I don't... Oh, gosh. No. No. I, that's not a good joke. To, you did a bad... Katie, I love you. You did a bad joke. That one actually surprised me a little bit. I, like you. I ha- So I didn't see um, Beautiful Life. The one I saw was like a, like a mini documentary on... Uh, I forgot the name. It's an island in New York that has been like repossessed and... By the government over and over again, but they just use it for mass graves. Manhattan? No. <laughs> oh, they talk. They it, they were using it for mass graves during the uh, during the real bad COVID outbreak there, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I read up on it a little bit. I don't know much about it. Yeah, I'll I'll try and find that video. It's actually a bit of an interesting watch. But I, this came on the heels of me watching that like a day or two prior, and I was just like, oh, mass graves, not, oh, <laughs> bad timing. <laughs> Yeah, I think a week ago, if I read this a week ago, it probably wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have had the same reaction. But oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> Again, I love Katie Cook. I think that joke was in just especially bad taste. I don't. I don't think it's any worse than the two pages prior to it. But <laughs> I think for me, it's the context of what had I of what else, what other content I had just consumed. Yeah, this, it, maybe that's what it was for me it wasn't katie's fault it was my fault <laughs> <laughs> sorry miss cook um speaking of speaking of art uh exhibition i don't know if this is uh araujo or o'halloran i don't know which of the artists like did the inks and the pencils and which did the coloring but i thought exhibition was gorgeous first of all on page 12, we've got a recreation of that shrine in outer space that you got from Infinity Gauntlet, which I always thought was yes. beautiful. looks well rad. rendered, and they do a really good job. But the bit that really got me was actually on page 14, where we get the gradual close-up and the light, the very soft, warm lighting on Thanos' face, and his expressions are changing from panel to panel. It's really good. Yeah. And then you flip the page and you see what he's doing is he's turning the destruction of art into art itself. Oh, I I loved the art on this. I also really love the writing on that specific uh, story, Spe- especially like like that like that page that um, that you were just talking about, where you see the planets exploding and he talks about how you know they have these amazing works and and all these things uh, that that they've made. And he's like, all that art, it fuels my greatest work. 
and it shows what all this art truly is. And then the next page, he's like, not but a momentary, meaningless distraction. And it's like, oh, man, that's nihilistic, but beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Kieran Gillen. We, we've read a bunch of his stuff recently. He's he's good. That man knows how to write a book. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, I just wanted to say, because I think, you know, we, we all liked this one. Let's just remember that when we all picked single issues to read for fun, uh, mine was the only one that was fun. <laughs> Yours was the only one that wasn't an after school special. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no one wants to be like, all right, kids today, we're going to learn about death. And <laughs> death. I, I also, so I particularly like the stories about Thanos picking on a single individual. Oh yeah. For just no reason. Yeah. Because to me, it doesn't, I have, I've always seen, Thanos, even in the comics, is like a big picture guy, right? Like he does things yeah. for like a bigger purpose, right? So to me, it feels a little out of character, but not so out of character to see him pick on a singular person. And I love that one, he torments David, like specifically David, for no reason yeah. other than, you know, hey, screw that guy. And just does it like in the in the most menial sort of way by just ruining his birthdays. But the one that like got me was when he helped an old lady cross, cross the street. Cause as I was reading that story, I was like, what is this leading to? Like this feels it's, it's like, it's a little comedy bit. Right. And especially like when he's kind of like flirting with, with the old lady and he's like, he's like, uh, I'm sure your husband would want them more than I do. Cause she's going to give him like some money or something. And she's like, oh, I never married. And he's like, a beautiful woman like yourself. And she's like, oh, you flirt. Like, you're just like, what? What is this going to? And then the next panel, it just starts going into it. And it's like, oh. And then you get to, like, the very last page of that story. And you're just like, oh, my gosh. What a Richard. (laughs) I read read the part where he's telling David... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he's like he's 31 you say it's your birthday well it well it's my birthday too yeah no and then it turns into rick sanchez no you're right i'm so sorry i missed you this year david i promise it'll never happen why why do you do this i love these meetings there's nothing more important to me do you understand that let me make up for missing this last year and then just obliterates the whole block around his house. Like that felt very like Rick Sanchez. Yeah. More important to me. And it's just, it's just a side of that as we get like, you know, on the individual level, it's just evil. The moment you did the voice, it all kind of set into place. <laughs> <laughs> was, you missed a couple a burps into the comic, but yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm drinking water right now. Um, out of soda. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I get like, my biggest complaint with this book is that I feel like it's out of character for Thanos and I don't, I'm not quite as forgiving of that, but this is an annual and the point of the annual book is to be fun and kind of disposable. And so if you want to turn Thanos into a monster, just an utter monster, so you can have a couple of good jokes and like tell some good stories, like that's not breaking anything, right? Right. No reason for me to be a purist about this. This is just fun. I can yeah. I can have I can have fun, guys. Uh-huh. Have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I would argue that <laughs> you feel that this is not on brand for Thanos because you are, have a very strong connection early on in your comics reading history to Infinity Gauntlet. Granted, that is like the Bible of Thanos, um, and everything since then has to be connected to that somehow. But that is a strong a strong bias to like you know a character from your first experience. It doesn't it doesn't really work for my argument against you in this case because it is like Thanos is it is like that is the book. I mean, this just isn't very in line with his trading card, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's and I just I. You like what is the what is the best version of whatever character, and there there are sometimes there are answers for that, but it's also you know, like whoever the guy is, right? The, the person writing the comic in the moment, like that's that's who the character is to some extent. Now, you know, Jason Aaron's Thor, Walt Simonson's Thor, like that's you know that's the right like answers. Canon. That's it. That's like that's <laughs> like the right answer. Like who make who writes the best whatever? Like you know. Uh, Dan Slott's Spider-Man versus anybody else's Spider-Man since Stan Lee. Like, is it the best? Yeah. But I think we do, looking at certain characters, carry a lot of, like, I don't know. Our first, our first, it really doesn't work. Steven, if you had, like, read Thanos earlier in a different <laughs> version than Infinity Gauntlet, it kind of doesn't really work for oh. what I'm trying to get at here. Well, um, no, I, like, I, I agree with you, though, 100%. Like, my favorite iteration of Batman is probably the Grant Morrison Batman, which is why I had a hard time with the Scott Snyder Batman, even though that run is supposed to be very, very good. I just couldn't get into it because it was so different from what I liked about the character. Scott Snyder's Batman is actually my favorite now. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a lot of people's favorites. It's, it's and, really good. Yeah, um, or Ed Brubaker Captain America versus Mark Grunewald Captain America. If you're of a certain generation, the Mark Grunewald Captain America is, like, defining. But I cut my teeth on Ed Brubaker, and so going back to Grunewald felt like, I don't know, man. I I didn't like it very much. <laughs> so, like, I get it, though. Yeah. There's I definitely have a nostalgia for the character of Thanos, and I have to just acknowledge the fact that the version of Thanos that I really liked is not the one in the popular zeitgeist. And that's... That's fine. That's part of, you know, growing up with these characters that you don't own. You have no, like, you have a relationship with them, but that they change. And you just kind of have to accept that. And just because you don't get to play with the toy anymore doesn't mean that somebody else isn't having a good time with it. I mean, to to be fair, though, at least for me on a personal basis, any Thanos that isn't the MCU Thanos is, is a step up. (laughs) I, uh, Josh Brolin did a fantastic performance. I'm just yep. not a fan of that character's motivation or nope. or a lot of the stuff he does. It seems a little uh, to me. So to to see uh, you know happily mass murdering indiscriminate uh, piece of crap Thanos is 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 kind of more up my wheelhouse. I'm not, but I'm also not attached to the character. So really, as long as as long as you know he's having a good time killing stuff, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I, I, and I think it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. And uh, you yeah. know, some point I'll come to like what my like. Okay, this Thanos counts. This one does not. This Thanos. This Thanos counts, and this one does not. And what it really comes down to is, you know, the the one that 
is in the popular zeitgeist is one thing. The, the, the canonical version from the comics is another. But if you love the canonical version, you get to hold your head high and know that you are better <laughs> than, these, than, these, than these civilians who are <laughs> in the movies. And isn't that what reading comics is all about? <laughs> you know, I just, I just can't enjoy a good hobby if I can't gatekeep somebody out of it. <laughs> it's only fun if there's only a limited number in our club we don't want to tell everyone why it's cool when everybody that's buys what, comics it oh devalues the comics i hoard Damn. that's it's like i feel like i'm back in high school and kids are talking to me about punk music and like not wanting to not wanting any of their bands to get popular and successful because <laughs> then like everyone would like them and i'm like isn't that the point i like green day no <laughs> yeah i was like american idiot is, is really good if you like listen to it like you know it's one of those albums you should listen to all at once and it's uh, and i enjoy it shut up yeah yeah i also like dookie Everybody likes dookie. <laughs> if you lived in the 90s they sent it to your house with samples of tide <laughs> that's a that's a wayne's world joke that's not my joke i need to acknowledge it. that's wayne's world 2 um which actually pretty, holds up pretty well. I like that movie. Anyways, all I know is my canonical Thanos is the one that uh, beats up David emotionally once a year, every year. <laughs> Except on his 30th. <laughs> yeah. Because he was busy, yeah. you know, fighting. So, so one thing. So I had to do a little bit of research because I was real curious because I thought Robbie Reyes was still the Ghost Rider. And it turns out that this Ghost Rider, that's Frank Castle, is from Earth. I had to look this up. Earth TRN six six six. Oh, it's not the Punisher. It's a different Frank Castle. Well, it's still oh. the Punisher in that right, universe. But it's, not, it's not the the. It's not the Punisher who actually sells magazines. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but but this this Earth or this universe TRN six 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 is the universe in which Thanos wins in uh, in Infinity War. And like they don't oh. defeat them, and he becomes like King Thanos of nothing because he destroyed everything. <laughs> and so I guess part of the story, this is just from like the wiki, granted, is that the writer had to uh or you know, Frank Castle had to like get the other Thanos into that universe. He had to like bring him over there so he could help him defeat King Thanos. And then Thanos is like, Well, I can't become like this guy. So, I mean, he doesn't become a better person. I guess he just becomes a better villain. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like that's, that's a thing where like he had, I don't, I don't know. That's, anyways, that's, that's where that comes from. That's why that Frank Castle is the writer. I was just, it felt a little weird to me. And so I looked it up. So I thought I'd bring that up. I just fell down a rabbit hole, guys. I found a box of the Marvel trading cards that I had when I was a kid. Oh, no. Sealed. Available through Skybox for $60. Oh, $60, Steven. That's actually not that much. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're you're a dink, sir. Dual income. No kids. Go for it. Do it. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Palpatine, what do we do with all this leftover beef? Do it. (laughs) Palpatine, Palpatine. I broke my lollipop. Do it. What are we going to do with this big empty yacht? Crew it. <laughs> I can't take credit for that because it's from the Game Grumps, but it's hands down my favorite <laughs> joke they've ever done. <laughs> I thought we were riffing. 
<laughs> Palpatine, how did your date go? I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still have to like frequently watch the uh, robot chicken star where where he gets the phone call from Vader <laughs> telling him that the, the, the what the hell is an aluminum falcon? <laughs> What do you mean they blew up the Death Star? It's like it's like I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell people about your wife how you cried when your wife Panda Bear died. Padamame. Panda Bear, Padamame, yeah. whatever her name was. <laughs> oh jeez, he's crying. <laughs> but he starts off because he's like in the middle of a story and he's like, So they I threw the Senate at him. Yeah, the whole Senate. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about fighting with Yoda. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> anyways. Uh, here's a fun bit of trivia. Cosmic Ghost Rider is based off of DC Comics Lobo. Ironically, Lobo himself was inspired by the Punisher. Oh, that's true. Is, like snake eating its tail kind of yeah. thing. Well, it's good comics. to have some distinguished competition. So, you know, if you ever wondered how we got so knowledgeable about comics, it's not because we read all of them. Because the wikis aren't a thing. Wikis and trading cards. <laughs> and trading cards. Trading cards were the wiki of the old days. The ancient text on the on the on the slabs of wood. <laughs> should we rank these? We should. I think it's time to rank these. Yeah. I'm surprised we got as much conversation out of this all as we did. I I was not expecting it. I uh, I'm surprised I didn't yell more. To be honest. So. <laughs> yeah. That's a win for everyone. Uh, I also found out that VC means virtual calligraphy, and it's cr- oh. and it's a letter studio, lettering studio owned by Chris Eliopoulos. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yep. All right. We have 106 stories on our list. Number one is No Normal by uh, G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. Uh, number 106 is Not. <laughs> it's like our Voldemort. This is the comic that shall not be named. Oh. Okay. So oh, are we really going to rank this book under the title City Under Sea? That's, the, that's the its anthem? title? I, I'm pretty sure the title is Anthem Blue Cross Presents Iron Man and Habit Heroes. No, no. If you yeah. open up the first page, it has City Under Siege. And it has, uh, and it has uh, you know, Christos Gage, Ty Templeton, Guru EFX. Oh, okay. If we're going to go over, like, what, what it says on the first page when you open a book and that's the title, all books would be called Table of Contents. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to – I just – if we rank it – if we put it on the list under the title City Under Siege – I can just tell you in like a month, I'm going to be reading through the list and I'm going to be like, what the crap is City Under Siege? That sounds cool. Oh, wait. <laughs> Aldo, Aldo, leave it. Leave it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> I'll put Anthem Blue Cross presents okay. City Under Siege. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Where do we rank this? Like, this doesn't go high. No, but it also doesn't go... Actually, yeah, it, it does go pretty low. <laughs> I mean, it does go pretty low. I'm looking in probably the 90s. That's exactly right where I'm now. at. Like, it's this is not this is not Eminem Punisher, which I kind of liked just to tick John off. Uh, I'm still mad. It also <laughs> doesn't like bother me nearly as much as like I don't know, like X Men Noir or Marvel Zombies. Right. I feel like this right. goes maybe below World's Greatest Detective. I don't know. I'd rather read this than World's Greatest Detective. <laughs> I would not. I mean, it does have a word puzzle. Yeah, no. Like, here's the thing. I actually want to put this above Civil War. <laughs> Steven. Um, it's not going to wind up there. 
but I kind of want to <laughs> because nobody is inadvertently made a symbol of like white supremacist violence in the United States in Anthem Presents Iron Man and the Power Habit Heroes, whatever they're called. It's just Habit Heroes. Uh, we should probably call it City Under Siege because it's easier to remember. Anyway, that's my vote. I'm willing to cave, though. I say it goes at, uh, yeah, 99. Yeah, I'm going I'm to have to go with John on this one. No, okay, we'll do it. It's whatever. <laughs> I mean, at this I'm point, at this point, your vote doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, didn't that's you fair. learn anything in the, from the Kamala Khan book? <laughs> no, that's the problem. He did learn. Oh. Now he thinks his vote counts. Oh, look at him. He's special. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the worst thing about the Kamala Khan book. It's the it's the misplaced optimism. <laughs> yeah, that's not twenty twenty optimism. Yeah, welcome back to welcome back to a red state, Aldo. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I can vote anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. All right, so where does um, the Ms. Marvel book go? Election Day. Election Day. Okay, the first easy comparison to me is with the... Uh... Oh, gosh, where did it go? I don't know if it goes this high, but the first easy comparison is the NBC Wintertime Winter Friends Winter Fun Special. Yeah. Like, I think it's of comparable quality. Yeah. The, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, just the artwork alone, I think elevates it up that high. True. I, I, and I mean, I think G. Willow Wilson is a charming writer, even when she's doing after school special level work. Yeah. That's the thing. It didn't feel out of character no, as much it as it felt kind of forced and, and, you know, really heavy hand. It, it, it didn't feel like, it was like, yeah, Ms. Marvel would do this. It wasn't like, yeah. why is Spider-Man selling war bonds? <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, you know, I think, I think I said it in like, in a way that I, I really liked and I wish I could remember how exactly how I said it, but I think it was like, it's calculated, but passionate. Yes. And, yeah. and that's, I think, the best way to describe the story, because it still feels genuine, if not a little hokey. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Are you thinking above or below NBC? I think I prefer it, but it's got a similar problem to the Wintertime Winter Friends Winter Fun special, which is that devoid of the context of the rest of the series, it doesn't land as well. So I would say maybe right above it. So between... Uh, NBC Wintertime Winter Friends Winter Fun Special and Mary Jane Homecoming, which I do think I like better. Yeah. Oh, then I think we put it at 69 and we bumped down Mary Jane no. Homecoming. No, I'm with Steven on this one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love Mary. You got the manga caucus to cut me out of this. I mean, movie. you got the, the cheesy romance caucus here. Oh, you guys probably oh, like, God. you probably just like hold your, you just are in your pajamas with your feet up in the air and laying on your stomach, reading it and just, you know, calling each other on the phones and giggling and, and, and all other sorts of cutesy montage stuff. When you read your, your romance comics and you just bark. John, John, yes. I'm afraid that I can't take your rant right now. I'm away lost in my feels. <laughs> John, would it surprise you to know that I never watched the grassy? And some, and for some reason, that's like a big regret I have in my life. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have never watched Degrassi, which is a fact that I only think of when somebody else says the word Degrassi. <laughs> same, and it's weird that you mentioned Degrassi. You're this. You're the same age as my sister, Aldo. <laughs> 
uh, or just or just younger, and she's the only one I know who knows about Degrassi. She talks about it and like raves and like, oh man, it's so good. I'm like, what do you? What? I just know it has a young Drake in it. That's it. And, and it's Canadian. It's Canadian. Yeah. A lot of people. A lot of people love it. A lot of people tell me I would love it. I, I don't know, man. Riverdale's what I'm watching now. <laughs> oh gosh, I couldn't. I made it like five episodes. It's trashy. Like, I can't. Even... I was gonna say, didn't it just get trashy? You know what Miss Grundy looks like in the comics, right? Yes. The the teacher that Archie. Yeah, is? she got Marissa Tomei. Oh man, did she ever? I <laughs> uh, can't even think about it. Let's let's bring it to Thanos Annual. Let's not. Hey, let's not use Marissa Tomei in a in a like it's a bad thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Marissa Tomei, Marissa Tomei is excellent, especially in the MCU. I mean, I didn't say it was a bad thing. No, okay. <sighs> so, <laughs> Thanos annual. It's it's like the art is good and it's fun, but like the 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 levity, I think, drops it down. It's it's the most disposable comic, right? Yeah, but and it's good. Kind of what makes it good, but so so here's what I'm thinking. In the 40s, where like Galaxy's Best Detective and like Thor's Battle World is that? Once you said Thor's Battle World, I, I I was up higher than that, but I realized I like Thor's Battle World better than this. Yes. But not much better. But I think you're right. I think your instinct's right. That puts it in the right area. Um, oh, Jesus. I'm going through these. The Rogan Gambit, I think I liked a little bit. No, actually, I think it's on par with Rogan Gambit. See, I liked it better than Rogan Gambit, but I know that that's me. Um, I, I, I would like, I think I like this a little bit more than Rogan Gambit. I think that's fine. I would put this some, like, I don't know if it goes above or below that moon. I would say above. I would put it, I would put it, um, see, I like Thor's battle world, but like, I think this is better than Spider-Man noir galaxy's best detectives, a babies versus X babies. It's about like content wise about that serious, you know, but then I hit Craven's last hunt and I'm like, okay, well that one, that's the glass ceiling for comedy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No more joking above this. <laughs> After this, it's real serious comic books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm coming around. I actually think, no, I would put it above a babies versus X babies as well. Yeah. I'm a little inclined to push it just above best detective. I think this is a little bit more enjoyable than best detective. So you're thinking 44? Yeah. Between Spider-Man Noir and the Galaxy's Best Detective? Yes. I don't hate it, John. No, I'm fine with that. I agree. Okay, let's do it. Cool. I was thinking about it. What's the highest ranked single issue? It's Spider-Man. It's the first appearance of Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. I thought it was going to be like really this really interesting fight. No, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a single issue. It wasn't like the start of a... a uh... Like an arc or anything like that. But it was good. It's really like, good. I think I think the most impressive thing about the first issue of Spider-Man is how well it holds up. Yeah. Well, clearly, since every generation they try to, you know... Make Spider-Man. Drink from that same well again. Yeah. 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 The, I think the next highest single issue is Death of Electra. Is that higher than the Deadpool story? Yes. Okay, yeah. I forgot we read that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, what are we reading next time? Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. I was going to... <laughs> I thought you guys made those decisions. To... I didn't chime in at all, but I thought you guys made those decisions. We did. I was going to end the podcast without uh, mentioning what we were going to read next time. So we did talk about it, and if Aldo has no objections... None at we're all. We're going to read 
we're going to read some Iron Man. Uh, we're going to start by reading what is classified, at least according to Wikipedia, as the Demon in the Bottle story, which is Iron Man issues 120 through 128. Uh, now, this is like a 1980s comic, so those are likely going to be slightly wordier issues, so I thought to balance that out, we would read a slightly shorter story with the actual greatest villain in Marvel Comics teaming up with the Sorcerer Supreme. This is a Marvel graphic novel called Triumph and Torment, crossover between Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. Ooh, and I'm quoting John here. Ooh. <laughs> Was it an unenthusiastic <laughs> one then? No, it's just what you've responded to in the chat. You said, ooh. Oh. Not not to to set expectations too high, but not too Triumph late. and Torment has art from from my my favorite dude, Mike Mignola. Ooh. Ooh. I met him. Right. <laughs> really? You did. You did. You got him to sign some books for me. Oh, did I? You did. Oh, look at that. I'm a nice friend. <laughs> and I think that has to do it. We've been recording for almost two hours, guys. Yep. Yep. I expected this to be a short episode. That did not happen. Yeah. Remember, this is the hour. For our power. <laughs> it's two hours for our glowers because we're mad now. I am Captain Planet. <laughs> <laughs>